Gary Renard Podcast, Episode 26. Welcome to the Gary Renard Podcast, your direct connection to Gary Renard, best-selling author of The Disappearance of the Universe, Your Immortal Reality, and his third book, Love Has Forgotten No One. I'm Gene Bogart, podcast producer and Gary's co-host. And today it's pretty unique because coming to you live from the Course in Miracles conference in San Francisco, it's the host of our show, not the host, I'm sorry, the star of our show, it's Gary Renard. <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. Hey, buddy, how you doing? How you doing? Oh, there you are. So, <laughs> I faded you out instead of the music. There you are. And you are. We're talking to you as you are. Uh, you're in the hotel currently, but you're in San Francisco for the Course in Miracles conference. Oh, I sure am, man. I'm uh, looking out my window here. I'm on the uh, 20th floor of the luxurious Holiday Inn. Mm. And uh, yeah, I'm looking at the uh, San Francisco Bay right now, Alcatraz. Uh, you can look across and see Sausalito and Tiburon, and ah. you can see the uh, San Francisco, you know, famous Golden Gate Bridge to yes. the left, and to the right, the Colt Tower, the Pan America Building. It's just a really great view. It's wonderful. And uh, the conference here is a lot of fun. Everybody's having a lot of fun. I'd say we have about, oh, maybe 450 people, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like a reunion for me because you have about, oh maybe a total of 40 speakers, if you count the couples that are speaking. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'd already met all of them uh, before, just by going all over the country, you know, and meeting people. Yeah, you got, you know, a lot of folks that I know as well, mutual friends are out there with you uh, this time. You've got uh, Nuke and Tomas, our friends, they're they're talking with you out there as well, right? Yeah, uh, Nuke Sanchez and Thomas uh, Vieira, they wrote Take Me to Truth, Mm -hmm. which is a book that I uh, obviously supported because I wrote the foreword for it. Mm Mm-hmm. And the same with uh, Lucia from the uh, Yahoo group fame. Yes, my uh, my iguana sister, the, <laughs> my iguana-loving sister, Lucia. Yes, and she's uh, all the way out from uh, Atlanta out there to San Fran with you. That's right, Lucia Espinoza. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she wrote uh, you know, that uh, great companion to right. uh, the disappearance of the universe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... You know, I, I could go on naming names uh, for a long time, but I, I know practically everybody here, and it's, it's a, not only a great reunion with the teachers, but of the 450 uh, students or so that are out here, uh, I would say that I've probably met in person at least 300 of them. Wow. And uh, that's just from, you know, doing all these travels uh, for the last five years and going to all these different cities and being in 41 states, mm-hmm. uh, 16 countries, and... Uh, and, it, you know, I think the person who came the furthest came from Macedonia. <laughs> Although uh, we do have someone here from mainland China. Wow. I'm not sure which one is further away. But uh, Yeah, from San Francisco, I don't know which one, because Macedonia is by Greece, correct? That's right. That's where and, Alexander uh, the Great, Great was from Macedonia, going back, right. going back a while. <laughs> that's right. And uh, the person from mainland China got to read my book in Chinese because they kind of bootlegged it and uh, kind of like translated it from the kind of Chinese that they uh, have in Taiwan. Ah. Uh, somebody stole it and kind of like uh, changed it over to the kind of Chinese that they speak on the mainland. Right. And uh, then they started downloading it from the internet. And uh, I was actually interviewed on the internet in mainland China. Mm-hmm. And even though the book's illegal there, 
uh, people keep sharing it with each other. It's illegal because the, the mainland Chinese government doesn't like books to talk about God very much. I guess not, yeah. And uh, disappearance obviously does, so... Uh, you know, the, people just have to kind of like make it an underground thing. But so, it's still doing very well, and you have people, uh, I hear from people all the time uh, on mainland China, including my biggest supporter. Her name is, she calls herself King in Beijing. <laughs> it's spelled uh, Q-U-I-N-G, I believe. It's like King mm-hmm. in Beijing. And uh, anyway, that, that's exciting to me. Oh, I mean, yeah. I don't get any money for it or anything. I was going to say, in, care, in, you know, in this case, it's a form of piracy you don't really mind. That's right. It's like, uh, so what? You know, I, I, all I care about is that people read the book and get the message. And, you know, Up with it, the it, people, it, man. Stick it to the man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was never uh, like a money thing or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I get all my expenses paid going to places like this. I get to see the world for free. Yeah. You know, so I can't ask for uh, too much more than that. And, uh, you know, it's like... Uh, I feel kind of free when it comes to money lately. It's like, uh, you know, I had this IRA that had a lot of money in it. I thought I was going to retire on it. Then in the past year, with what's happened with the stock market, it's like half gone. (laughs) Tell me about it. Yeah, so it's like, uh, you know, you can't depend on stuff like that. I just go for the experience. I go for, uh, you know, whatever experience is right in front of me, like being able to come to a thing like this and, you know, meet the people and make even more friends and, uh you know, it's really a great time, and I must say that uh, Tony and Larry, who run the Community Miracle Center here uh, in California, I've never seen anybody do such a, a good job of putting on a conference wow. as they have. This is the second time I've done it, and uh, it's just a marvelous conference. And, they they uh, do this every year, right? Uh, they do it every two years. Every two, okay. Yeah, and I hope that they're going to do it again in two years. I hope they don't try to pass it on to somebody else. I couldn't blame them if they did, because it is so much work. Mm. Uh, to put on something like this, because they include the food, and, and most of these conferences don't give you food, you know, and they have good food, and uh, everything runs like clockwork, and it's just uh, going really well, and I got to give my talk this morning uh, to the whole group, and uh, it was really good and a lot of fun. I uh, gave the information and the message, but I also told a lot of jokes, which I like to do, <laughs> and uh, it went over really well, and uh, you know, it makes makes you feel good when your peers and when longtime course students give you a standing ovation. Mm. It just makes you feel uh, like you're really making a contribution. Right. And, uh, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's just fun. You know, I I tell people, you know, I do this because I enjoy doing it. You know, and that's really the main reason Mm -hmm. that I do it. If it wasn't fun, if I didn't enjoy it, uh, then I wouldn't do it. You know, it's, well, it's like, uh, you remember Jack Kevorkian? Oh, yeah. Uh, Dr. Death, <laughs> and he assisted people in suicide, but, you know, he always said that he'd quit if it stopped being fun. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, that's, that's how I feel. And I feel like, uh, if it stops being fun, then I'll quit. <laughs> Well, I know, you know, I've, I've, in addition to our personal conversations on the podcast, I've, I've actually seen you uh, deliver when you're presenting at different events. And, uh, yeah, you, you get up there, you'll be talking about really serious material, and then, okay, everybody, i got a joke for you. And then it's, it's like you turn into a Woody Allen act. Somebody, somebody said you're kind of like a cross between Woody Allen and Stephen Wright, the other comedian, because you, you have a kind of a deadpan delivery, and then you'll say something howlingly funny, and just people just crack up with laughter. So, uh, <laughs> so you, you do obviously have fun at what you do up there. Yeah, I really believe that uh, quote, course, you know, where it says we remember not to laugh. Mm. Well, obviously, we've got to remember to laugh. Mm-hmm. And, 
By the way, Tomas, you know, Nick and Tomas, mm-hmm. I found him to be very funny also. Yeah, you know, I've spoken to him on the phone. I've never met him in person, but uh, what little I gathered and everything I hear, they always say, oh, he's he's a wild man. He's really a funny guy. So you found him that way today? Oh, yeah. He's like a big kid, you know, <laughs> and, and he has a lot of wisdom. And, and, and Nook uh, is, of course, you know, they would say that she's the one that really has the wisdom. And uh, Nook is kind of like, uh, you know, the straight man. <laughs> and Tomas is kind of like the funny guy, but he says a lot of uh, very profound things mm-hmm. also. Yeah. And uh, they're going to do a second book, so they're doing very well, and I'm very happy for them, and also for Lucia. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's good to you know have uh, friends who uh, you help and who uh, you know start to do well and to see them blossom and mm-hmm. become better as speakers. And you know, they're doing very well, so I'm really uh, really happy for them. Yeah, because that's a whole different skill set to to public speak that way. You know, if I can use that phrase, uh, to, you know, get up in front of crowds and actually hold people's interest for an hour or more. Uh, you know, and it's something that takes some practice. Very few people are, are just naturally great at it right out of the box. Uh, you know, even you in the beginning, when I remember years ago, when you first started doing public uh, appearances, you were like real nervous because you had not been a natural public speaker, even though you had been a performing musician and entertainer. But this is a whole different thing. And you took to it quickly. I think you always said that the Holy Spirit, you felt supporting you and working through you, which kind of made your message easier. But I think your uh, your entertainment personality has blossomed for sure, you know, over the time with all the jokes and the funny stories. Well, thank you. I, I think that uh, when I first started, uh, I was just showing my true personality because I'm definitely not what you'd call an extrovert. I'm, I'm very much an introvert. I'm not the kind of person who wants to get up, you know, and speak in front of anybody. And, uh, you know, I was able to kind of, like, use that as a forgiveness lesson, mm-hmm. uh, which, uh, you know, is something that made all the difference in the world, because, as you know, I was ready to quit, because I didn't like it. Mm. And Art and Persa came back and said, well, look, you know, why don't you use that as a forgiveness opportunity, because, as the Course says, you're never upset for the reason you think. Right. So, I was, you know, I was able to kind of, like, look at it that way, and then after, you know, another year and a half, two years of work, uh, I got to the point where I could do what I do today, which is step up in front of 450 people, have a good time, uh, not worry about it. And there's such freedom in that. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine I, I, you know, I used to say, imagine if I could just go around and do this and not worry about it and not be concerned about it and not be nervous. Then uh, there would be such freedom in that. It would be amazing. And that's how I feel most of the time. You know, once in a while I get a little challenged, something different comes up, uh which is true of anybody, but for the most part, I think forgiveness is really, as the Course says, the key to happiness. Mm -hmm. And I talked a lot about forgiveness today. Uh, I remember Bob Hope, who uh, probably appeared in public more often than anybody in history. Probably. I'd say over a period of 60 years, uh, you know, from uh, vaudeville to radio to television to live appearances to everything, Mm -hmm. movies, no no matter what you could name, he did it. And uh, later in his life, they asked him, they said, almost like a rhetorical question, they said, well, you don't get nervous anymore after all this time and after doing all that, right? And uh, what he said really affected me. He said, I get nervous every time. Hmm. And I was thinking when I heard that, look, if I'm still going to feel this way after 60 years of doing this, I don't want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to go through 60 years of torture. Yeah. You know, because uh, that's, you know, those butterflies and the way you feel uh, at first when you first start doing this and you don't have the experience, uh, it's not a pleasant feeling. Right. And, uh, you know, it can be fun afterwards, but uh, I really think that I would not have stayed with it if I could not have uh, used it for forgiveness and gotten to the point where I could do it without being nervous and without being fearful. Mm-hmm. 
which I can do now. So, you know, and, and there are other things that help too. Like uh, before we we went down to, uh, you know, do the talk this morning, uh, I did that thing from A Course in Miracles that says, you know, I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent Him who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because He who sent me will direct me. You know, I am content to be wherever He wishes knowing he goes there with me. I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. And I've always found that that particular act of joining, you know, with the Holy Spirit and putting the Holy Spirit in charge has made a difference, you know, when it came to doing this. Because now you don't feel like you're alone. You don't feel like you're doing it on your own. You feel like uh, you're connected. And uh, that's a very helpful thing for anybody who's considering uh, speaking in public. You know, I, I would definitely... Uh, you know, use that. It's very early in the text of A Course in Miracles. Right. I think it's on page 28. And, uh, and it's definitely a good thing to use if you ever present it with a kind of a situation where you have to communicate with people and you're finding it to be a little bit stressful. Uh, that's a good way of putting the Holy Spirit in charge. I think anybody who uh, ever has to get up and speak in public, you've, you know, the, the, the horror for any entertainer is to all of a sudden go blank. You you don't know what you're going to say next, or, and you just you feel so alone and isolated and so totally exposed. But as you say, if you feel you're not alone, if you really feel the presence of the Holy Spirit with you, you'll always it'll always come to your rescue. As I, I think I've told the story before, I, I remember a number of times I've I've hosted a lot of shows for for Wayne Dyer and Marianne Williamson and, and Deepak also. Are, but oh, Deepak, my friend, um, I've acted as MC for a couple What's of that name Deepak. What is that? Scottish yeah. or something? <laughs> He's a Scottish, a Scottish guy. Yeah, yeah. we're just joking. That's uh, Deepak Mac Chopra. We call yeah. him. Uh, that's Steven spoof of yes. the podcast. Yeah, I know. We're, we're jumping in on that. But uh, I remember a couple of times, one was, you know, like 2,000 people at a large auditorium walking out. And I realized as I was opening my mouth to welcome everyone that I honestly had no idea what I was about to say. I didn't even know what my first word was going to be. And just for an instant, I had this horror, you know, like, I'm going to be the biggest fool in the world here. And then all of a sudden, it was just I, I did the process just as you said it. Just, OK, Holy Spirit. I'm your voice. And it just, everything came out fine. And I just, you know, ad-libbed and welcomed everyone and, and, you know, brought him on and everything just went flowingly. So that's the thing is to get beyond that feeling of isolation when you know you're not really separate. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if you can do that, uh, it makes all the difference in the world. It really does. When you get up, let me just ask you quickly, when you get up to do any kind of speaking engagement, I know you don't work off of notes, but do you have a, a framework in your mind or topics that you're going to cover, or are you just absolutely completely open and just wing it? I mean, how does that work for you? Uh, it started off with kind of like an outline. Mm -hmm. You know, not really uh, where I'm reading or anything or doing, doing notes, but just kind of like an outline in the mind, because obviously I want to talk about forgiveness. Yeah, because I've always been guided that forgiveness is the most important thing about A Course in Miracles. Mm -hmm. And I really emphasized it uh, this morning. Uh, a lot of the speakers here don't even mention it. Ah. You know, and uh, so I really emphasized it uh, this morning and stuck to that. And I, and I rattled off about a dozen quotes from the Course about forgiveness that really hammered home uh, that fact that forgiveness is you know, the key to happiness. Uh, forgiveness is the means of the atonement. You know, it's very important for people to get that. Yeah. A lot of people, if they don't get that, they'll just skip over it. You know, just r real quickly, and I know I've told you this before, it was, uh, as much as I had studied the Course for years before Disappearance of the Universe came out, it was that book, and I've told you this, that r for me just rang that bell that, oh, 
good God, it is forgiveness. The whole, that's the center of the message and teaching of A Course in Miracles. And everything comes from there. And I had never really noticed that focus before. And it really, and I think a lot of people have said that. That's why DU, the book, has really opened the door for so many people. So it, it really, truly is. It's almost impossible now to read the Course and not see forgiveness in almost every line that's in there. Exactly. It's uh, like, you know, people will do that. They'll read uh, DU, then go back and read the Course, and they're astonished mm. at how much they then see the forgiveness yeah. that's in the Course and how it is, uh, you know, emphasized over and over and over and over and over again. And it's like uh, when you first read the Course, the ego doesn't want to see it. Yeah, that's and, probably it. Yeah, it'll actually prevent you uh, from seeing it. Yeah. And, uh you know, I think that, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the blessings of uh, disappearance. And obviously it's not because of me, because I wouldn't have even known. Mm. Uh, I would have just looked at it the same way that everybody else looks at it and made up my own interpretation. And it's only because I was uh, taught differently that I was able to see that forgiveness uh, aspect of it almost from the beginning. And, uh, you know, so I, I think that the 16 years that I've been doing the course, uh, that forgiveness aspect of it has always been prevalent in my mind, and it's really helped me to know what everything is for. It's like the Course will ask you, what is it for? Right. You know, and the answer is always forgiveness. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that, uh, and I can see it because, you know, I meet so many people, uh, like at an event like this, and, and people are coming up to me all weekend, introducing themselves, telling me, you know, the difference that uh, the book Disappearance has made in their lives and how it either got them to A Course in Miracles or got the book off of their bookshelves and, uh, you know, created new interest for them. And they got excited about it. And it's just, uh, it's really overwhelming at times uh, to see, you know, what the book has done for people's lives and the difference that it's made Mm -hmm. in people's lives. I really feel, Gene, like if I never did anything else, you know, the rest of my life, that I, I would have done something... Uh, that was really cool. Oh, yeah. I think that yeah, th- this alone was a, a milestone achievement, really, and and, and stands by itself, uh, you know, irrespective of whatever else you, you may do and continue to do. Yeah, and I think part of the reason for uh, continuing the work is to, uh, you know, kind of like reinforce the idea and keep reminding people, because we have to be reminded over and over. Uh, if You know, if we don't kind of like get, uh, you know, that reinforcement that reminds us that forgiveness is so important, then, then it would be possible to fall away from it and not do yeah. it. And I think part of the reason for continuing the work is just to kind of like keep tapping people on the shoulder and reminding them uh, how important forgiveness is. Because, yeah. I don't, frankly, I don't see hardly anybody else doing that. And, uh, you know, so that's part of the reason why I think I keep doing this and traveling so much and you know, just reminding people. I'm not saying that anybody has to uh, do anything, and I don't have to do anything. But I just think it's part of the... Uh, overall plan. It's like the Course talks about this interlocking chain of forgiveness Mm -hmm. that runs throughout the Sonship. And so I think that disappearance is definitely playing a part in that. And, uh, you know, it's helping remind people, you know, what's important about the Course and and, uh, what we have to do to undo the ego and return to the experience of our real selves. Yeah. Say, uh, you know, I uh, was watching TV here and uh, our famous governor came on. The governator. Yeah, and I, I, you remind me that, uh, you know, uh, 
do a kind of like sound like him at times if you want to. <laughs> I don't know if I do the best impression of Arnold, but uh, I've always been a big fan in many ways. And I, I always thought it would be great if they had done like a Terminator movie based on metaphysical principles. Oh, okay. You know, because I'm, I'm going to somehow do this on video, but I can just picture picture like Arnold's face with a beard like I have, and, you know, the sunglasses, the leather jacket, the cigar. And, and then he goes, uh, I, I am the Illuminator. Come with me if you want to be enlightened. Om, <laughs> Omnima Shivaya, baby. So I'm, so I'm figuring that would be great, you know, and he's got to have something instead of the shotgun over his shoulder. Maybe he's got like, a, I don't know, a, you know, a, a boom box with the audio of disappearance playing in it or something like that. But I think that All would right. be pretty cool. The Illuminator. That's right. Come with me, especially when you're out in California, as you are now. Oh, that's, that's funny. I maybe like you get to, maybe you get to see him or Maria while you're out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the people out here really like him. Uh I think it's because, well, first of all, they know he can't run for president. Yeah, so far, yeah. You know, that's because right. he uh, wasn't born, supposedly, in this country. Right, right. And, uh, you know, which that was something that they made up uh, back because they didn't want anybody from England, you know, yeah. president of the United States. They didn't want any 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 dukes or princes or other nobles from, from English royalty trying to take over the colonies and bring us back under the crown or something. Really, right. So, uh. I mean, you know, it shows you that they really should change things from time to time. <laughs> you know, because I, I mean, the people here really like him, and he, and he mm. actually tries to do a good job. He, he sticks to Sacramento, you know, stays in his office, and the Capitol actually tries to, you know, do a good job and he, work hard. He does seem like a hardworking guy, and I think he's got the, you know, the, the best wishes of people uh, at heart. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, we have problems here. There's been a big uh, financial crisis, and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, the financial meltdown around the world isn't helping any. And uh, then there's a drought here. You know, uh, yeah. he finally declared an official drought in uh, water rationing uh, after three years of having no uh, rain or snow in the winter, oh, which you got to have here, or else you're in trouble. And then when the rain does come, you get mudslides. You know, yeah, so that's it's right. tough, tough topography. Yeah, but that uh, lucky with the town that I live in, Brentwood. You know, it doesn't really have those problems. It's away from the fires. Seems to be away from the floods. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the Santa Ana winds come down. It could be blowing like 80, 90 miles an hour, you know, the wind that you have in these canyons. And in Brentwood, you don't even notice any wind. Oh. So, I mean, it's very uh, very unusual, and it's very convenient to places uh, that I like to go to to have a, a good time or to have meetings like Hollywood or... or yeah, you're right uh, nearby. You're in greater L.A., right? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm within a half an hour of uh, Hollywood, Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. uh, Malibu, Santa Monica, Venice Beach... You know, places like that, Marina Del Rey, it's just a really, really cool uh, area to hang out in. And, you know, great restaurants and so many things to see and do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes I wish I was there a little bit more often, you know, so I could enjoy it a little bit more. But uh, I'm not complaining because there's just, you know, so many... There are so many great things to do, and I've done a lot of them already, and yeah. uh, there's more to do, and I'm looking forward to that. And, so, you, ha- and you have great plumbing where you live, right? I do now, yeah. You know, the reason I bring this up, I, I have to tell you this, I haven't mentioned it yet, too. In our last podcast, as people know, you were interrupted, we were interrupted by the knock on the door, and it was literally the guy coming in to fix your shower plumbing. And uh, so it was in the podcast, of course, and we've gotten mixed reviews on that. The majority of people like that. I've heard a number of people saying, oh, it was so cool because it really feels like we're there with Gary when this, and it was. I mean, we did not make that up. But a few people have said, you know, we could use less of the plumber and more discussion of the course. <laughs> so, 
Uh, but see, that's a forgiveness opportunity. So we bring it back to the chorus, even when we do it subtly and under the radar like that. But uh, I do want to assure people we won't have any plumbing discussion other than this quick mention. And we are about to discuss uh, course related topics. But I thought that was pretty funny. I think down the line we should do an episode with you like out in a car. I want you to get in some kind of convertible and you'll be on the cell phone and you'll be just driving around L.A., Beverly Hills, Hollywood. And just we'll do discussion, but you'll also point things out. Oh, look, there's the Beverly Hilton, you know, that kind of thing. All right. Yeah, sure. Because I think it would be a little travelogue, a Gary, a Gary Renardologue as we uh, travel with you as we as we go around around during the, the podcast yeah and i think the point about the course is uh you know the course is your life it's like the lessons that the holy spirit wants you to learn are whatever is right there in front of your face you know that's where the lessons lie that's where the forgiveness opportunities lie it's going to be uh you know in the things that you put your energy into the things that are important to you the things that come up uh you know the things that you want uh, the the idols that you think that you need and uh, that's where the lessons always lie. Now, yeah, when it comes to studying the Course, yeah, you have to know what to do. You have to know how to forgive and, uh, you know, what that looks like. And that does take some work. But eventually you get to the point where once you know how to do it, you realize that, uh, you know, the real lessons are simply the things that come up every day, uh, especially the things that push your button. Well, you know, that's, and, yeah, that, those are the targets right there. And, uh, you know, somebody was asking a question today about, um, well, you know, I, I have a hard time forgiving the good stuff. <laughs> you know, like, obviously, it's a, it's a judgment if you're saying you like somebody. Right. But, uh, and that's true, but that's not the focus of A Course in Miracles. You notice that the focus of A Course in Miracles, if you read it carefully, it's never on forgiving the good stuff. It's never on forgiving uh, the beautiful sunsets mm-hmm. or the walks on the beach or the art that you love or the music. Uh, the real focus of the course is always on forgiving oh, the negative emotions, all mm-hmm. you know, kind of like encapsulated under one thought system, which the course uses the word fear, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like as, a, as an all-encompassing kind of a term. Right. But the real focus of the course is on forgiving uh, the negative emotions, especially anger. But uh, because of levels, the course is saying that really uh, anything that makes you feel uncomfortable you know, is part of that thought system and needs to be forgiven. So if you notice any uncomfortableness coming up, uh, you know, you feel uh, kind of like annoyed with somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, in, in its extreme form, you could take the form of anger and even rage. And, but that may be a little bit rare, except for some people. Uh, for most people, you know, it may take the form of annoyance. And what the Course is saying is that it's all the same and needs to be forgiven. And that is certainly the focus of the Course, which is why it says that anger is never justified. Mm-hmm. And of course, the reason that anger is never justified is because what we're seeing is a projection that is coming from us. So that's why the Course says that the secret of uh, salvation is but this, that you are doing this to yourself. You know, and then it will say things like, uh, forgiveness does not pardon sins and make them real. It sees there was no sin. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason there was no sin is because uh, those people out there haven't really sinned. They haven't really done anything because you're the one who made them up in the first place. You know, so it's kind of like a, a totally different way of looking at things. Uh, I was quoting today from uh, The Hero of the Dream, which I also do in my workshops. Oh, great. I love that and, piece. And, uh, you know, uh, well, there's, there's one part. I guess I have it memorized. Maybe I can just give it to you without reading it. It says, uh, you know, it's talking about the dream and how the body is the hero of the dream. And, you know, what does the dream want to teach you uh, with this body piece or whatever you want to call it? And then it says, 
you know, the single lesson does it try to teach again and still again and yet once more that it is cause and not effect and you are its effect and cannot be its cause. So you wander idly in and out of places and events that it contrives. You know, that this is all the body does is true for it is but a figure in a dream. But who reacts to figures in a dream unless he sees them as if they were real? You know, the instant that he sees them as they are, they have no more effects on him because he understands he gave them their effects by causing them and making them seem real. You know, so it's like we gave them their effects. We wanted them to be there. Uh, we wanted the guilt in our mind to be in them instead of us. And then we, you know, caused them and made them seem real and so then you're totally at the effect, which is the lesson that uh, the ego and the body want to teach you. Right. You know, that uh, they're the cause and you're the effect. But if you could reverse that and get that uh, you're the cause and they're the effect, you could never really look at it again the same way. Right. You because know, uh, it would be like, well, I use this analogy, you know, like if you were in a movie theater and somebody was up on the screen and they started yelling at you, you wouldn't take it too seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's just a movie. It's just a projection. Right. You, you know it's not actually real. Right. And that's the way that our life can be. It's like we can understand that what we're seeing is not true, and then something negative happens. Somebody says something nasty to us. Uh, you know, we can just kind of like, you know, chuckle at it because we know that it's nothing. It's not, At one point, the Course describes it as being like a jack-in-the-box. Yeah. You know, I mean, children may... Uh, be frightened at a jack-in-the-box, but once you become an adult, it doesn't bother you. And, uh, you know, that's what this can be like. I really believe that we can go through life without being affected in a negative way by the things that we're seeing on the screen uh, in front of us. It's almost like you were playing a video game. Well, when you're playing a video game, and you're, if you're the only one in the room, then who can be affected by the video game? You know that it's not true. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there's nobody else there. You're the only one who's doing it. You know, there's anybody else to do it to you or to be doing it. it there's just you. And, uh, you know, that's the way that uh, you can think about life. Yes, it's not that you're going to see all these people or that they're not going to seem real at times, but now you know better. You know, and that can apply to anything. It, it could apply to what we were talking about earlier, getting up in the stage and looking at people. It, it can apply to uh, every aspect of our life. And the irony is, you know, because people would think that that takes away some of the happiness or some of the joy mm -hmm. or some of the excitement. I don't think so. No, I, I know people do tend to worry about that, but I don't think so either. I agree with you, but please go ahead. But, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like uh, what's happening at the time that you forgive is uh, there's this unconscious guilt that's being healed by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have less guilt in your mind, then the irony is here that you actually end up enjoying your life more, not less. Right. We actually end up having a better time. Uh, you know, and so what if it's not real? I mean, when I go to the movies, I know that it's not real, but that doesn't stop me from enjoying it. You probably enjoy it more because it's not real. You don't have to worry about cleaning up that wrecked car that James Bond just destroyed, you know, because you can just that's enjoy right. the crash and have no, no repercussions after that. Yeah, that's true. You know, I was going to say, too, when you're talking about the, uh, the ego uh, wanting to you to feel like you're at the effect of everything, like everything is out there coming to get you, and, and, and that's where all of these grievances are all based on. Um, and the ego's underlying subtle message is that if you're the effect, you must be separate 
you have to be alone. You have to be separated from your source, from your true power, from your real identity. So that's what the ego tries to keep reinforcing to you that because if you are not separated, if you are one with your true power, your source, your creator, you can't be at the effect of any of these things. Yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it. So, Gene, uh, I hate to do this to you, but uh, Robert and Mary Stolting, who mm-hmm. run Pathways of Light, are about to start speaking downstairs uh, at the conference here. And uh, they've always been very good to me, so I want to make sure that I get in there and see them ah, okay. uh, give their presentation. I know that we were going to do some questions and answers, mm-hmm. but uh, now that we've uh, talked about the conference here, then I could see in our next episode that we really don't have to talk about anything, that we could actually get right to the questions and answers Okay. Uh, next time and just do a whole program of uh, questions and answers, and, okay. and we could probably do it very soon. So uh, why don't we uh, wrap it up here so I won't uh, disappoint Robert and Mary. Okay. And uh, then, uh, you know, we can have this be our episode 26, but then... You know, the next one, 27, just be all questions and answers. Okay, because I've, I've got a bunch of questions, and as I said before, many of these are older ones that we're getting to that we had not gotten to before, and I have a couple of new ones as well. So we'll do the, uh, the next program purely on that. Let me just ask for one closing comment. In our last program, we talked. We were talking about uh, uh, your friends passing away and, and how that affects people, and from a course perspective, yeah. how to deal with it, and also talked a bit about uh, pain and suffering, particularly not just physical suffering, but emotional and spiritual suffering and how that applies. Since we were just talking from from these course perspectives on being the effect of things, but the truth is that we're not. Maybe just uh, give us a wrap up on that sort of. This way, we will have addressed the pain and suffering issue, and then we can talk about that because I have a couple of questions on that topic, and we'll do that in the next one. But yeah, give us a close out, and then we'll uh, we'll take it out from there. Well, I think that the uh, the key is that the guiltless mind cannot suffer, according to A Course in Miracles, and that is, as you practice forgiveness and take away the guilt then your suffering should decrease, and eventually you're going to get to the point where there literally cannot be any physical pain. And so we'll kind of like get into that more deeply uh, in the next episode, because I really think that that's possible, and I think that that process can be accelerated if people really know how to forgive and practice and do it right. That, uh, you know, the Course obviously talks about saving time, and, uh, you know, this is one of the features of that, the fact that uh, you can save a lot of time in the process of making that happen. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of like the background, and we'll get into it more next time. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Collapsing time, as Jesus always says, you can save thousands of your years by just getting one particular concept and really knowing it. That's right. Yeah. There's a miracle, which is forgiveness, mm-hmm. uh, can substitute for learning that may have taken thousands of years. So obviously the Course is talking about saving countless lifetimes mm-hmm. uh, in the process of doing this. And at the same time, uh, and I think this is where Buddhism and the Course in Miracles have a common goal. It's really the end of suffering. It's mm-hmm. really about uh, not feeling pain, not suffering, uh, certainly nothing to do with sacrifice or anything like that. Uh, and that's why I think that one of the ten characteristics of a teacher of God is joy, mm-hmm. and that that's uh, one of the end results of the Course. So, uh, to promote joy, I'm going to run downstairs here at the hotel. Joy, is she there as well? I didn't know that. Yeah, and I'm going to jump into the crowd, 450 people, and, uh, you know, root for Robert and Mary. Okay, at the end of your performances, do you, like, uh, surf the crowd, you know, where you jump out and they all carry you around in their hands? No, they don't do that, but uh, they did kind of, like, spirit me to the bookstore. <laughs> and so I could, uh, had a lot of pictures taken today with people. 
and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of uh, signing of books and just answering people's questions. And I always like doing those things uh, mm-hmm. at the workshops. People and love we just you. Happen to have a bookstore here. Yeah, and our friend Jan, Jan Cook, is there with you as well, right? That's right. We my booking agent, Jan. Say Cook hi to, to Jan, who we know as Janae, as her sort of her hip hop name. So uh, yeah, yeah but Janae, she, and also the uh, Wacky Wahini. The Wacky Wahini. Yes, yeah, she yeah. lives in Hawaii. Yeah, so I gotta run, but I'll talk to you soon, bro. Okay, sounds fun. Say hi to all our mutual friends and uh, everybody else while you're out there. Okay. I sure will. Okay. And, uh, you give my love to Helen. Will do. And uh, we'll be seeing you on the cruise before you know it. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about the cruise next time, but that's coming up uh, next month, about three weeks as we record this right now. It'll be March 22nd, I believe, is the uh, sailing date, right? All right. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Have fun tonight and uh, continued success out in San Fran. I'll talk to you soon, amigo. Okay. Thanks for watching. Okay. Bye. Love you, man. Bye. And the Gary Renard Podcast is produced by Enlighten Up Creations and released and pre- and presented by, that's what I say, right? Presented by Forgiveness.tv. That's why we called it Forgiveness.tv, because that is the center of everything. And, of course, verbal content of our podcast is copyright 2009, Gene Bogart and Gary Renard. For more information about Gary, his busy schedule, he is a traveling man, check out his website, GaryRenard.com. And, of course... Our mutual website, the home of forgiveness. Boy, there's the ego talking. Forgiveness.tv. This is Gene Bogart saying thank you so much for listening and bearing with us. (laughs) We will get to those questions in the next episode. We'll make a point of, of focusing primarily on questions for Gary in episode 27, which will be our next release. In the meantime, you know, forgiveness is always the answer. 